It's interesting in the liturgical seasons of the church that there are certain practices which have been taken up over the centuries, literally, and there's no necessarily rule book about why this is done then. It's just traditions that grow up. But in particular, I'd like us to think about tonight the sacraments that we celebrate during Advent and Lent, but focus on Advent, obviously, tonight. Well, we always celebrate the Eucharist. That's entirely appropriate. There's a myth, though, that you can't celebrate weddings during Advent or Lent. You certainly can, with the exception of just one or two particular days. Now, it's certainly the case that a given parish or a diocese may have their own restrictions on that, but in canon law, at least, there's no restriction against celebrating a wedding then. Now, those are hardly the most popular times, and the general understanding is that the celebration might be toned down a little bit or a little bit more somber. But oftentimes, as I said, people will just say, you can't possibly have a wedding during that time of year. It's not allowed. What are the sacraments that we do encourage? Well, we did it right here today at St. Joe's, the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And happy to say, and I traded comparison with Father Martin, Father Manuel, Father Trout. I know for myself, we were fully busy all morning and day. Lots of people making use of the sacrament. But I'm mentioning all of this because every sacrament in its own way has a sense of anticipation and then a sense of realization, if I can put it that way. A sense of, here's what I'm expecting. This is what I showed up for. This is what I longed for. And then a sense of whether or not that happened or something else happened or what is it that I received and was I fulfilled or did I feel maybe a little bit disappointed. And I think it's odd that we maybe don't have more weddings in the Advent season. The reason I'm saying that is because Advent really is in its own way all about anticipation. But I think the mistake we sometimes can fall into is that we think of the culmination as being Christmas morning. Now, I get it. We are building up to Christmas morning in a way. The church will look very different a week from now. But as I've said many times before during Advent, we know the end of the story. We can't fool ourselves. We know that Christmas is coming. Christmas happened 2,000 years ago and change, and it's not going to happen again in the same way. So the season of Advent isn't about trying to once again prepare ourselves for Christmas as much as it is saying, how is my living out the Christian spiritual life? How is that preparing me for a moment to be ready, to be aware, to notice it, to embrace it when it comes? And that's why if there ever was a festive day in the season of Advent, it's today, right? Gaudete Sunday as Lecter reminded us in the beginning, the rose-colored candle. There is a rose-colored vestment here at St. Joe's. I'm not wearing it today. You see it tomorrow. But this idea that there is something joyful and festive. But for us, it's not a little shot in the arm because the really good celebration is coming in a few weeks. Do we really believe that the greatest joy of all has been with us? It's been with us for 2,000 years. And so the custom of the rose candle, it can be for us, I think, an encouragement to say, 
I've been building up for something over my entire Christian life. And not that it's just one day on the calendar, but it's moments. It's moments of recognition. And when we least expect it, they turn up. Now maybe you knew that this was Gaudete Sunday when we'd see the rose-colored candle. Maybe you didn't, and maybe you were surprised by that. But that moment of surprise, that opportunity of recognition, where just like a wedding day, everything changes and it changes forever, those moments are everywhere. Now, I don't want to be naive. I don't notice them all the time. You probably don't as well. But that's on us. It's not on the ever-presence of grace. And so you see that with John the Baptist. You see that in today's Gospel. John clearly is standing out. There's something about this guy that is noteworthy. He eats grasshoppers. He wears funny clothes. And he's calling people to repentance. That's not easy. That's a moment of grace that isn't so easily embraced or held on to, right? That's John's message. There's something inside of all of us that yearns for another way. There's something in us that looks at our relationships and says, they could be better. They could be more open and vulnerable and honest and trusting. There could be a love there that is even richer than what I've known. There's something in us that looks at the world around us and says, surely we could do this differently. As well as we're doing it, we could still do it differently, whatever the it might be. And that can be on a global scale, that can be in our own living rooms. And so there they are, coming to John. What they notice in front of them is John's celebrity, if I can put it that way. This is an extraordinary, charismatic man. And something of his message, certainly. But John is the first one to say, don't look at me. There's someone among you, as he says in John's Gospel. He's already among you. You just don't recognize it. He's not saying wait till Christmas. He's saying Christmas was 30 years ago. He's been among you for 30 years, and you just don't know it. And he's not calling them out to make them feel bad. But he's elevating for them, just the way the church elevates for us with the rose candle. There's something in your midst, and can you recognize it? So that takes me back to the other sacrament we celebrate in Advent, the sacrament of reconciliation. And over the years, right, there's no simple definition. This is what the sacrament means to, meant to look like. I mean, for one thing, it always begins with, oh, bless me, Father, it's beautiful. And then it's been this long since my last confession. Well, that's a custom. That's a practice. That's not part of the validity of the sacrament. And the reason I'm saying that is it's amazing how many people don't want to go to the sacrament of reconciliation because they feel some self-consciousness about saying how long it's been since they were the last time. I call that the dentist syndrome, right? Ask any dentist and they'll tell you Lots of people won't go to the dentist because it's been so long since they went to the dentist. And of course, that doesn't help and that's not what the dentist wants. So you don't have to say how long it's been since your last reconciliation, if that makes it easier for you. But it shouldn't it be about something to just slog through, right? Well, let's get through this and I'll try to avoid the worst parts. It's about a relationship not with the priest or the parish. It's about a relationship with God. 
It's opportunities to say, hey, as I've reflected on it, as I've thought about it, as I've taken some time to just look at how things have been going, I can recognize there was an opportunity, there was an opportunity. And maybe I didn't really see it. I didn't leverage it, as we say. I didn't take advantage of that moment. But it's not about feeling bad over what could have or should have been. That whole process only elevates. It sharpens our senses, our eyesight, our heart sight to begin to recognize, wait a minute, those opportunities are here, they're here now. Maybe I didn't do it then with that person, but there's this person and there's now. And in the eyes of God, nothing is just a dead memory from the past. There are always opportunities. And then, if I can maybe just get another thing off my chest about the sacrament or the way we celebrate it, at the end, there is really very beautiful sentiment we call it the act of contrition, but it's, it's sentiment, it's a desire, it's simply a way of saying, as we might to anyone whom we love, with whom we wish to have a more authentic, honest relationship, hey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I hurt you, I'm sorry if I couldn't let myself be vulnerable, I'm sorry if I manipulated your trust, but I want you to know that that's not truly who I am or what I most deeply desire. What I desire more than anything else is that we might have that kind of relationship. That's just a shorthand way of saying, I want to notice the rose candles that pop up in my life when I leave here and I go forward. I don't want to miss those moments. I want to recognize the one who is in my midst right now. And the one might be a person but it might also be qualities, memories, things that have already been a part of our life with other people or ourselves. But then in the formal act of contrition, and you don't have to say this one, you could paraphrase what I just said, but over the years a formal act has grown up, grown up and it ends with, I firmly resolve with the help of your grace to sin no more and to avoid the near occasion of sin as if it were that easy. I resolve to sin no more. Well, okay. I resolve to, you know, lose 20 pounds last New Year's Day. But notice how negatively it's voiced. I resolve to sin no more and to avoid the near occasion of sin. Not even avoid sinning, avoid the near occasion of sin. Not just avoid the occasion of sin, avoid the near occasion of sin. A piece of paper on the ground could be the near occasion of sin, depending on what's on your mind that day. So if you can do that, man, send me a postcard, because I'd love to see what heaven looks like. It's not a bad desire, by no means. I'm not making light of that. But I have a friend who once said to me, why don't we say, and I resolve with the help of your grace, to embrace the near occasion of love. Not to avoid the near occasion of sin, but to embrace the near occasion of love. And that isn't wishy-washy, and, and, and please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not one of these priests who doesn't believe sin is a thing. Don't worry, God will get you when he gets the chance. But it makes a world of difference if all you're focusing on is how do I avoid stepping in the muck that's in the road in front of me 
as opposed to saying, how do I look for every chance I have to embrace what I was called to be, to embrace those opportunities, those rose candles, that Jesus in my midst, what does it mean to look for those near occasions and do everything in my power to help them be even nearer for myself and for the people that I encounter? Maybe we don't celebrate lots of one-on-one weddings during Advent, but we do celebrate a glorious wedding where we, as the first reading said, church, are the bride or the bridegroom. And today, the third Sunday of Advent, can be our wonderful wedding day. Embrace the near occasions of love.